Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taran, alongside Jamie, Dan and Joe. Guys, how many Hell in a Cell matches do you want to watch this week? Five Hell in a Cell matches. That's how many I want. And I only got four. Oh, well, what a shame. What a shame. So when my next question was going to be, did we get too many Hell in a Cell matches this week? Apparently not for you, Daniel. No, no, I want I want five. You know, why can't we have another one? Why can't we have one on 205 Live as well? Top it all off. <laughs> Did we all watch Hell in a Cell this week? Either live or recorded? I say watched. I watched it while I was playing on my phone. Uh, you know, yeah. doing, doing a bit of words with friends and a bit of Pokemon Go, watching it in the background. It was one you're, of those still ones. On, you're still on the Pokemon Go, are you? Mate, I want to be the very best. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> the real test. Hang on, how do, how do you play Pokemon Go sat down these days? Have they done some sort of update I don't know about? I yeah, thought... yeah, you could play like from your house. They think because of COVID and stuff, they've extended like the reach. So, like oh. if you're if you're like near a stop, you don't have to leave your house. You can like reach a stop for where you are. Oh, so you don't actually have to go for a wander anymore. Not like those hacks that other people did, where they just created a like a little geo tracker, so people could just walk all the way to like Australia. <laughs> I remember when it first came out, you used to be able to, before they realised you were travelling too fast, you just used to be able to sit in a car and do it. Yeah, yeah they, they capped it now. It's 17 miles an hour that you have to travel. 17 but miles an hour. I think that's what it is, yeah. But, um, but from my flat, like I can reach like loads of different stuff that's maybe about 10 or 15 metres away. So it's not too bad, but you get like funny looks off your mates if you're playing Pogo um, in the pub or something. So you play it oh, now and again. Oh. You don't understand. There is a coughing right here, and I need him now. (laughs) Did you catch a wild Roman Reigns? No, no, he he evaded me. Um, But then I looked to the head of the table and I managed to find him. A wild Bobby Lashley appeared. (laughs) (laughs) The Bobby Lashley. What did we all think about the event then this week? Obviously, we'll go down um, as far as our predictions and we'll break each match down. But just an overall review, what did you think? I don't want to go what culture on it and just slate everything about it, but it was just boring. Everything was all right. The first match was good. You know, I think the the first match stole the show, but we had a few repeat matches. It was just a bit boring. Um, I thought it was quite a solid show myself, Joe. I thought that the match of the night I was looking forward to was Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte was disappointed, but actually Bianca versus Bailey was actually really good. And there were a couple of other... All right, matches. It was just okay. You could tell it was a filler pay per view, and that's exactly what it was. It was just filler. It was just like meh, very predictable. You can tell they're waiting for it to be back in front of a crowd. It, but being at the yes. last one, you thought it's gone from Hell in a Cell being a, um, a spectacle, like an end of all grudges, to oh, we just got a pay per view called Hell it's in a Cell. So we're chucking, now, yeah. yeah, we're chucking anything in there, and that showed that on Raw. But it gave you know Xavier Woods a little bit of a shine. No, no, that's true. Well, I think in that case, then, we should probably start with SmackDown, because obviously when it came to our predictions this week, I mean, they more or less went right out of the window on a couple of things. Um, so, so we still think... count in that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll still count. Well, we're going to have to, otherwise we'll have nothing else to include. Um, 
So obviously, I think it was what day did we record? We record Wednesday, don't we? Wednesday so night. did we record Thursday last week? Was there we a did, delay? Yeah. I think we did. So our listeners, our dedicated <laughs> listeners, won't have heard the show till Friday. So when we were recording on Thursday last week, obviously we hadn't known that they'd gone up with this crazy storyline of, well, I say storyline, this change, Vince McMahon's idea, no doubt, of having the um, Universal Championship match on SmackDown rather than the actual pay-per-view itself. And I think a lot of people are still scratching their heads. I don't think there's been anything noted specifically on the dirt sheets. Apparently on Twitter, Rey Mysterio tweeted Roman Reigns or Roman Reigns tweet Rey Mysterio. I can't wait till Sunday to beat you, so I'm challenging you to the match on Friday instead. And Remus Stewart tweeted back, yeah, right then. And then Adam Pierce tweeted, went, okay, it's official. As on Friday, it's Hannah Nassau on SmackDown instead of Hannah Nassau pay per view. And that was how they explained it. I'm assuming then Vince McMahon probably thought we need some ratings for SmackDown this week. What can we do? Let's have the match. Now, I didn't watch SmackDown this week, so I actually missed the Hell in a Cell. Did anyone catch it? Yeah, Yeah. we ended up watching it. It was a solid one. It was um, only about the last 10 or 15 minutes of the show, but it capped off the show quite well. Um, It was pretty decent. To be fair, I didn't really mind if it was on Hell in a Cell or SmackDown. I'm going to watch both of them anyway. And it's going to help boost the ratings as well uh, but i do think that helena cell you know may have suffered not having roman reigns on there but you look at peacock for example they're not really looking at the ratings of what the shows are getting them but you've got fox who are and they want to have a boost on it and ratings have been going down so if anything it'll help it jolt up i think but it's interesting what you say then about the event obviously um talk probably took a bit of an effect not having reigns on the show i think what's interesting what it probably took a bit of an effect certainly for me um and hard to say if in a negative way. I don't know if you'd agree, Jamie, but just in regards to like the first match, the women's championship match, the SmackDown Women's Championship match, that was obviously made just out of nowhere, a hell in a cell match, just to uh, you know, what a day or two before the actual event and obviously just to get it back up to the two Hell in a Cell matches from the one that we had. And I think I wouldn't say I wasn't invested in the feud because I have quite enjoyed the Bianca Belair Bailey storylines that they've been doing. But I think whilst it ended up being in a Hell in a Cell, if we'd have said three, four weeks ago, this match will be in a Hell in a Cell, we could have had that build-up to knowing what the match was going to be, rather than just saying, oh yeah, by the way, guys, if you want it, this match can be in a Hell in a Cell now, because we need another one. I it just took it away from it. Yeah, it was just kind of a bit rushed, wasn't it? I mean, I was expecting via Ripley and Charlotte to be in a Hell in a Cell match. When they said this one was going to be in a Hell in a Cell, I all right then. I just was like, yeah, okay. But you know what? I, I'm happy. I'm happy about it because it was the best match of the night. Um, yeah. Really, really decent match. Opened the show really well. Gave a good tone for the rest of the show. And the little tiny bits of commentary when you had um, Bailey shouting at Michael Cole, going, "They know how great I am, Michael. Shut up!" <laughs> and little things like that. The the commentary was the best thing about all the hell in the cell. But that first yeah. match set the standard. I thought. Yeah, Pat McAfee was great the whole show, though, weren't he? Oh, he's brilliant. He is pretty decent, and like I say, I haven't necessarily had anything negative to say about him, um, and I haven't heard that much of him, but he has got better and better, to be honest. And what's the new Raw commentator called who's come from UFC? Oh, I, I can't think now. Yeah, so Jimmy, Jimmy, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Jacobs. Joe and I were watching Raw yesterday, and we, we commented going, you know what, he's there in the background, and his commentary, he, he 
put something in now and again. He doesn't try and fight his way and try and say something all the time. A mm. little bit now and again, and he just blends in the background and he sets things up, and that's what you want from... It blends in mostly, yeah. Yeah, really, really well, and he compliments Corey Graves and little Byron Saxton as well. Um, he works very, very well. You can see the difference between him and Adnan Vert, for sure. It's definitely a good change. I, I don't... I don't know whether I take it as a positive or a negative that I didn't realise that it was the new commentator, Jimmy, what's his shop? Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith, there we go. I didn't realise until at the end of the event when I'm assuming he was commentating on all the Raw matches, was he? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't notice he was actually commentating until the Bobby Lashley-Drew McIntyre match and that was just because they showed him on screen and I was like, oh yeah, there he is, there's that Jimmy Smith, the Raw commentator. He must have been commentating the entire night. I didn't even realise, which is probably a positive because he didn't. He certainly didn't stand out and I thought, oh my God, who is this? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he sounds, when you're not he listening, to, when you're not looking at him, he sounds like Michael Cole. So I just presume Michael yeah. Cole was doing Raw commentary. <laughs> well, the whole point of the commentators, they're there to compliment the match. They're not there to be taking up yourself unless they want to take note of them. They're there to sell the movie, they need selling there, you know. The whole point of Adam Dirk is he was saying stuff that didn't make sense, so that, that that drew attention to himself. They're not there to draw attention to themselves, they're there to get the superstars in the ring over. No, absolutely, I agree. And I think that's something that Michael Cole's got better at, because I know that used to annoy everybody with Michael Cole, but now he kind of just called the match, you know, much more inclined as to how he should do, and he certainly didn't stand out as far as any bad commentary in the uh, Bianca Belair Bailey match, but as far as that match goes, you guys say you thought it was the well, not only the best Hell in a Cell match of the night, but the uh, the best match of the night. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think over the weekend, over the SmackDown, the Hell in a Cell, and the Raw, it's probably the best out of the four of them. Can, Lovely stuff. Can we just talk about a fun fact of that SmackDown Hell in a Cell match between Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio? Apparently, according to Reddit user. Invasion XX and the What Sizzling podcast. That match was not only for the Universal Championship, but if the legal custody of Dominic Mysterio <laughs> was considered a legal, a lineal championship, Reigns would have defended it against Rey Mysterio on the show, apparently. <laughs> what? <laughs> apparently, all the way since back in 2005. When Mysterio fought Eddie Guerrero for custody of Dominic, if every match since then was obviously like a lineal thing, yeah. it would have been Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio for custody of Dominic. Which means, if they are going for Dominic Mysterio versus Roman Reigns, Dominic <laughs> will be fighting for custody of himself. <laughs> yes. But there you Don't go. give yes. Vince McMahon ideas. That's all I'll say. <laughs> But well, yes, the, the Hell in a Cell match was the match of the night. Well, Nikki Cross gave Vince McMahon an idea, and we've seen how that happened. Oh, God, then we will, believe me, we'll certainly get onto that later on. For <laughs> better or for worse. Uh, but yeah, decent match, decent opening uh, match. Good use of the cell without going over the top. I think, in a way, he kind of spoiled, though, my expectations for the main events. I thought, ah, when they tend to have more than one Hell in a Cell on a show, you think. Ah, they tone it down a bit in the first match. They're not using the cell as much because they're going to really use it in the second match. And yeah, well, we'll get on to that. But <laughs> decent, decent opening. Um, enjoyed the match. There was also a pre-show match. I've glossed over. Did anybody watch the pre-show? I know I didn't. Uh, I, I certainly did not. Did you know there was a pre-show match? I did. Not yeah. Um, and it adds up that there was more women's matches than men matches, like for one of the first times in a uh, WWE pay-per-view. So that yep. worked out well. But 
it makes sense they're trying to build this storyline of like who's better who's doing the best photo shoot who's doing the best in-ring work like they're building something with it but to be honest i didn't want to sit through an hour or two hours of pre-show just to get to that match well natalia defeated mandy rose if anybody was interested that's what it was well, i'm it was assuming well because it was on an hour later like it's gone back to 12 p.m for the pre-show one 1 a.m for the main show so when i was watching it it didn't finish till 4 a.m Whereas the past few events have been 11 p.m. pre-show, 12 a.m. start time. Well, at least the pay-per-view was just under three hours long. At least it wasn't a four, five-hour event. I've also <laughs> seen as well, like people on Peacock and stuff, like had trouble streaming it. Like there's those are problems. Yes, I think I read also, Joe. I think it was specifically in the pre-show, wasn't it? I mean, why people were complaining? Oh, my pre-show has gone down. Surely that's a blessing in disguise. No, Mandy Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy, are oh, Tamina and Natalia still women's tag team champions? Yeah, because yes. there ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. And I'm sh- assuming they haven't defended it or whatever since around WrestleMania. WrestleMania, no, they defended it against Nia and um, Shayna Baszler at uh, WrestleMania Backrash. Yeah, and that was the last time, wasn't it? Yeah. I now, think. now they're doing this segment backstage where they're in the ring practicing moves, and the sexy muscle friends are shouting them. And then this week they had their the, who? the sexy muscle friends. Yeah, that's Mandy Rose. That's what they called. Is yeah. that what they called? Oh, I missed that glossed over me. Dear God. That's what um, <laughs> Asker named them on uh, Raw Talk, and it's well, just what, stuck. What's Otis and Gable called then? The the Alpha, Alpha Academy. Are they? I'm assuming then the storyline between Otis and Mandy Rose is gone, finished, like it never oh, yeah. happened. Yeah, that, yeah, that's completely gone. I saw a picture of Otis the other day. You can see how long it's been since I watched my day. Yeah, well, where's his hair and beard gone? He shaved his beard off, yeah. He's, he's getting he serious. Wants, he needs it to lose weight, so he had to shave the beard off. I see What's that. All that food in there. Can we quickly, are you doing it now, Taryn? Shall we go through the prediction? Who, um, who put Bailey? No, don't, we're who going through the predictions Bailey? at the end. No spoilers. <laughs> what if I've not watched Hell in a Cell yet? I've still got time to change. To be mind. honest, I put Bailey as well, so I can't really make fun of you. <laughs> right, let's go on to the well second match of the main car third match tonight. Seth Rollins defeated Cesaro. Um, yeah, he got his win back, 50-50 booking. Decent match, though, I thought. It was all right. Yeah, and the weird thing is that they've now gone like one apiece and that's the end of the feud because apparently it's moving on to Edge versus Seth Rollins uh, building up for SummerSlam. So they're, mm. they're sort of working towards that feud apparently. But it's weird that it's gone 1-1, but I'm glad it's it's starting to finish yeah. now. They probably might have a third match on SmackDown to see who qualifies for Money in the Bank or something. But to be honest, the match was probably, it was a lot more boring than the previous ones that I've seen. The WrestleMania match was better Maybe, I, I mean, can we maybe put that down to expectation that they were finally going to give Cesaro the win, which he got? Perhaps. Yeah, and it's at WrestleMania. He was doing all yeah. the big moves. He did the UFO. This one was just a standard. It felt like it was on a normal SmackDown, to be honest. Yeah. And like you say, um, not as good as the first one. And 50-50 booking, he gets his win back. But I don't know if I want to see a third match for two reasons. One, because I feel like the feud, even though they're one apiece, has almost come to a natural conclusion. But also, maybe leave it at that. Because it's not going to do, it's certainly not going to do Cesaro any favors losing again from the way that they built him. But then it's not going to do Seth Rollins, who's, you know, let's be honest, certainly compared to Cesaro, unfortunately, a main event superstar, it's not going to do him any favors to go 2 1 down in the feud. So, yeah, p- perhaps leave it at that. I no. tend to agree. 
don't remember last time Cesaro was in a kind of feud like that. He had a uh, best out of seven with oh, Sheamus. Sheamus. And then and then he went on to become tag champ. <laughs> like multiple times. The team of Cesaro and Seth Rollins. <laughs> Don't put any ideas in there. Oh, God. well, no, exactly. He had like He's... a best out of seven because we were there for one of them randomly. Well, I we? remember. Well, there's like number five or something. Yeah, they, they had... WWE live event that wasn't even live. Well, they... <laughs> They had that best out of seven, like you say, didn't they? And then I think they realised they were getting too close to whatever the next pay-per-view was in which they wanted to finish off the feud and probably thought, oh, bugger, somehow we've got to fit four matches in in the next, like, two weeks. We'll put one on this house show. And do you remember when they first announced it, it was right before the brand split and we went and it was going to be a Raw and SmackDown super show at the O2 and there was rumours it was going to be on the network wasn't it? And then about two weeks before they announced they were having a draft and then suddenly changed it to a Raw only event and they were like oh yeah it's not going to be on the network now it's just going to be a house show and they suddenly went however here we go one of the best of seven matches is going to be live and exclusive tonight (laughs) and you can watch clips on YouTube afterwards (laughs) oh great and I still can't remember who won. Did Cesaro get his win back? I want to say on that they, one. They went three apiece, didn't they? And then they drew the last yeah. match, and that's why they um they, they said, "Oh, whoever wins the best of seven gets a title shot." They went, yeah. well, because it's a draw, you get a shot in the tag titles. So wow. Cesaro and Seth Rollins are currently on a draw. Yes, go for it. <laughs> the best of fifteen. <laughs> why can't get we? It, but... Why can't we all win and they just end the feud? Well, I think it has ended now. Maybe that is the win. Maybe that's the win we were looking for. But yeah, decent match. Um, here's your segue. Decent match. Going into a match that wasn't decent. I don't care what anyone says, including Jamie. This was awful. Alexa Bliss defeated Shayna Baszler by pinfall. Yeah, one of the best, was it? Hypnotism, Taryn. It's powerful. I'm sorry, but the feud is crap. But apparently... On Raw, they've worked out how to break the hypnotism. You just stop looking at her. They, they did it. Like Reggie, Reggie well, was Shana staring did at it her. as well, didn't Close your eyes. Yeah, just stop staring this at her. This could be a blindfold match next week. This could be a blindfold match, I'm telling you. I don't know why I didn't enjoy the match, either because, one, it just wasn't very good technically, or two, I just don't like this Alexa Bliss storyline. It just doesn't work when she's not with the Fiend. We know it's going to be a load of uh, like Cogswallop. Codswallop, yeah, that's the word. Um, it was just going to be dreadful. And but the thing is that it's probably building towards her winning Money in the Bank by hypnotizing everybody in the ladder match, and then hypnotizing whoever's got the belt. And all of us are just going, "Are you for real?" But I, I agree with you. That's probably how they're going to go, and they will do something stupid like that for her to win. But then, when you look at it on a booking perspective, if they are going to do that, why if you know, kayfabe and all that, why would you not just wait for the bell to ring and hypnotise them all at the start and climb the ladder and retrieve the briefcase, but they'll have an half an hour match and then she'll do it with whoever she's on the ladder out of the top to do it. But yeah, they will. You remember what happened happened with um, Otis last year? He didn't even climb the ladder, it fell down on him and that's how he won it. Yeah, but somebody else got thrown off the roof to the death, who was that? It was um, Alistair Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and they were on Smackdown three days later. They and said, his oh, eye yeah, got taken out as well. What a bad year for Rey Mysterio. An eye for an eye. He became good I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Like, How are you going to end this Alexa Bliss storyline? Here's a pitch for you, WWE. First oh. ever Women's Buried Alive match. Or they bring back um, Bray Wyatt and he has his best friend Cortana and we have Alexa versus Cortana. 
That'll be good. In a, in a buried alive match, and that would yeah. drain all Alexa's powers, and then she can finally become normal again. I don't know why they've all got to be named after these like Nest speaker Google products, but it, it could work. I honestly don't think the <laughs> in a triple threat match. <laughs> I don't. I Alexa, don't think the Fiend's going to come back. <laughs> and Amazon. Oh no! Here comes Amazon Fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to come back till after SummerSlam now. He'll come back for the draft or something, like the next draft in September, October. But he'll come I think we're going to keep him off for that long. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the last chance they, they can use the Thunderdome. It's the last pay-per-view before the Thunderdome. They could have gone all out with the Alexa Bliss and she could basically use the Thunderdome with all of its glory, put like the full, you know, production that WWE has, like smoke, mirrors, air, everything, because they can't do that when the fans come back because... You've got to know it's high with a live audience, have you? Well, we'll yeah, get we'll get to but that. But then people the... are like, "That's so stupid!" Like if they did that, <laughs> well, some we'll... people would have been against that. We'll get to that when we get to the Drew McIntyre um, match, where there was a spot <laughs> where we saw a mattress being pushed under the ring. But yeah, they definitely when they've got. Did you not see that? Yeah, in the Drew McIntyre match, if you pause it when he gets thrown out just before the end, when he gets put through the table, if you pause it, you can actually see a hand under the ring pulling a mat. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> I did see the st- stage hands quite I literally. I thought you said a mattress at first. <laughs> I they put a mattress down on the floor for him to land on. <laughs> and then obviously pulled it out of shot then, but a hand, fair enough. But yeah, it was, it was like a, they were pulling some sort of mattress just to pad his floor, but it wasn't even that far down. But you could see a hand like pulling it's like things a in. Mat, wasn't it? Yeah, a pee yes. Physical education mat. <laughs> so. What did we think then of that match? Do we all in agreement it was poor? Because I thought it was poor. Yeah. As Dave Meltzer would say, did not rate. Hope you <laughs> <Did bullshit. not. laughs> <laughs> Going from um, a similar match from the Seth Rollins Cesaro 50 50 booking, we had another 50 50 booking with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because Sami Zayn defeated Kevin Owens in this instance to get his win back. Um, uh, To be fair, they are in about 100 matches, though. They are. (laughs) That that feud is forever ongoing. They could have a good match. And I don't mind, because they could. Again, I I don't mind seeing that, because you know it's going to be a solid match. Well, what did you think of this match, then? Because as much as I thought it was solid, I kind of thought it was almost a bit... Meh is almost pointless. Like there was no need for it. Well, I think and there it was wasn't a need as good as the Mania match. No, there was a need for it. So, um, previous week we had um, a Commander Aziz hit him with a Nigerian nail yeah. out of nowhere. Kevin Owens couldn't breathe, so he's saying he wants uh, Sami Zayn. There was a lot of COVID coughing there was after that Nigerian nail because he was he was basically nursing his throat, nursing his back, saying you know that I, um, he was injured and he couldn't breathe, but he still take the match, and that's how Sami Zayn ended up getting the win. But um, We've heard that Kevin Owens is now uh, going to be off telly for a couple of months. He's asked to just be able to go home and recharge his batteries. They tried to say it was because he had a bad back, but it's basically just to recharge his battery. So it's, it basically that match was a way of writing him off telly for a couple of months. Can we just appreciate the fact that the finishing move is called the Nigerian Nail? I don't know why that amuses me so much. <laughs> it's just like the Umagi like thumbnail. What was it? it called? Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, but what was it called when it, Samoan sp- the Samoan, <laughs> the Samoan spike and the Nigerian Nail? It's great, isn't it? That's <laughs> like... me after where you're from. <laughs> yeah. The Haluva kick. <laughs> Sounds like something you order from like Revs, isn't it? Like with your halloumi. Can oh, I get the halloumi fries and the and the halloumi kick, please? You guys the have, you guys the, have the, the Blackpool bump or oh, the Blackpool blackout. The yeah. Blackpool blackout. Yeah, exactly. And we'd have the Newport 
Newport. No, you could just have a Newport nail. Yeah. <laughs> a Newport nail, that's what no, it would be. That does sound like a cocktail from El Seco's. The Blackpool <laughs> bump, the Newport nail. My good God. Um, yeah, so uh, nothing really more to say about it than, uh, again, it was just a solid match and he got his win back, really. Yeah, Good. and there's loads of people petitioning that they want Sami Zayn and Money in the Bank and he'll be like an underdog favourite for it. I'd like to see Sami Zayn with a briefcase. I think it'd be hilarious. I wouldn't like to see him win it, though. Why, Why not? Him win, the, win the world title. Why not? Why? I... He's not big enough for me. He's, a, he's not muscly enough. <laughs> he's a B-plus player. No, he, he doesn't... He doesn't need the world title. His his character doesn't it. need the. Does he? Yeah, but so yeah. does. Okay, yes, he does. But so does a lot of people. And he strikes me as the type of person. I don't. I don't know. His, his character just doesn't need to be a world champion. He's good enough without it. Yeah, but it'd be nice for him to win the belt because at least then he's established. Then you know, Kevin Owens won it. He won the Universal title, and he's classed as one of those people who are a former Universal champion. So, Sammy on a... a joke of a character to a lot of people. What a joke. What but a bloody him cashing joke. It in, it'd be very similar to like a Miz, you know, and then he's going to be squaring his way around. Then somebody, you know, somebody like a Brock Lesnar is going to come back and squash him in 20 seconds. So that And does. then he can go back to his, like, it was all rigged. <laughs> oh, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Get the cameras out, yeah. Fair enough. Logan Paul versus Sami Zayn at SummerSlam. So where does Sami Zayn go from here then? Are we assuming he'll be in the Money in the Bank ladder match? Got to be Money in the Bank. 100%. 100%. Put him in that match. Everybody will be like, Sami Zayn is money. And then because we're all chanting and tweeting and saying stuff, we're going to will it to happen. And then it's going to be Zaynamania. He's going to hold the belt for 375 days. It's going to be amazing. This is like literally my wet dream. <laughs> Zayn, <laughs> Zaynamania. So, so presuming he doesn't win the latter match, where does he go from here if Owens is off healing for a couple of months. Um, he'll probably take off the um, Intercontinental <laughs> title off Apollo Crews, probably. Heel versus heel is one of them not going to have to turn face then. Well, yeah. Well, the Nigerian nail. <laughs> Fair enough. We shall see. We shall see. Um, and what we will see, though, is yet another bloody Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley match at Yay. Money in the Bank. Because this one, ladies and gentlemen, finishing a disqualification. Charlotte Flair technically coming out the winner, Rhea Ripley retaining. And because of that, we get to see it all again in a standard singles match again at Money in the Bank. But what did we think about this one in particular? It was a decent match, just a shit finish. It's just all right, but it just felt like, like a bit of a cop out, didn't it? She yeah. copped out, and then afterwards, you had Charlotte Flair go, huh, you're learning, you're learning from me." And then she called her a bitch. More. I saw that. Yeah, you bitch. She said. But what makes sense in booking to me is go, okay, well, we'll put you in a match that you can't get disqualified in. Put it, you know, it's at um, Money in the Bank. Put it in a ladder they, match. They might, they might change, they might change it to be like a, a street fight or something like that. Even they like a ladder match. Turn it into a ladder match, yeah. Because the ladders I, are already there. Make, make use of them. We know Taron loves these ladder matches. Yeah. I could see <laughs> that WWE are going to basically turn Rhea Ripley into Charlotte Flair's like protege. Like last night, you had in the cell, you had um, Rhea Ripley said, Charlotte, I only did what you would have done. And then Charlotte Flair said, You're learning, you're learning. And then Rhea Ripley said it one raw, I, I respect Charlotte Flair. And then Charlotte Flair was like, I respect you too. So it's kind of like a love-hate relationship. I can see Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley teaming up. Um, 
tag team. Oh god, having yeah. a best of seven, having the tag team. Like being a, like a, oh, a here trip, we go. Like having a power trip tag team, and then and Charlotte Flair, then Tillian and Rhea Ripley. Oh, can we just not? Can we can we just have one winner and then they get drafted away and then we get this should this do. I mean, if they are like what tag, if the tag champs they go on each show, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Then get Charlotte to win the SmackDown title. Then they're both they're both women's and tag champs. Done. Well, like Sasha Bailey. They have all the belts. Stop. He's giving me a headache. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God. Right, let's get on to the main event though, because there was a main. Well, it was the main event of the pay-per-view it was only the third of four hell in a cell matches so we will look at the fourth one after this but uh main event for the evening drew mcintyre bob the lash world championship on the line last chance for drew mcintyre and it will be his last chance as far as bobby lashley is the champion or will it be but let's see he defeated drew mcintyre for the world championship he retained it in a rather Disappointing match, I thought. It was a bit soggy, wasn't it? I mean, they beat the hell out of each other. Fair play, they went full force, but it's just like it's just getting a bit monotonous now. This feud, I mean, I'm glad it's ended. Yeah, it's not just ended just yet. But did you not see what his back was like? I told you, I told you it was happening. You said that was going to be <laughs> Rey Mysterio and Dominic, <laughs> not Drew. Did you see his back? We seen the pictures afterwards. There was a lot of bruising and lacerations on the back, wasn't it? And, and don't get me wrong, what I'm saying now wasn't too hot on the match. That's taking nothing away from the fact that, you know, they put each other through hell in respect of that. And, you, and, you, and you've got to respect that. Yeah, I mean, the ending was quite funny. You know, the whole point of having this on is like, we're going to have a match where nobody can interfere and then MVP interferes anyway. I mean, that, that's quite clever, a fair play. I did like the spot where he fed the... Oh, I say when he fed the kendo stick through. How many times? We, I swear to God, now it's PG. The only weapons you can use is a steel chair to the back or a kendo stick a kendo stick to the midsection. That's all the weapons that they have these days. Oh, of course, the old table you can put someone through. Steel um, chair, like the, the steps. Don't forget oh, the, the steps. steps. Tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs. Yes, he did. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but um, so, when it comes to, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's replace him. He's gone. Let's get when rid it... of Karen. There he goes. He's gone. He's no longer here. All right, guys. So as we know what we're talking about. Here he comes. Here I <laughs> All I was going to say was when it comes to the conventional weapons and the use of the kendo stick, I did enjoy the spot where MVP had fed the kendo stick through the Hell in a Cell to kind of like trap him in the corner. That was a nice choice. That was something a bit different. Yeah, it was it kind of freshened it up a little bit. But I know what you mean. I'm just glad that they've got through it now and we get to see it another three or four times when Kofi Kingston wins the money in the bank. So he cashes in on Kofi. And then he's then the champion, then we get the chase again. So we get to have this all the Survivor Series. He says Drew McIntyre has got a last chance for the he's... money in the bank. So what happens if he wins the money in the bank? Does that mean he can cash it in for another chance? I'm assuming he will. I'm assuming he is going to win the briefcase at money in the bank. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We won't so do operations on that yet, method. obviously. But does that mean he has to hold it but not be able to cash it in against no, Bobby Lashley? What would happen is what happened how he lost the belt, where the Miz cashed in on him and then Bobby Lashley beat the Miz for the belt. So they have Kofi Kingston win the belt by Drew McIntyre, Claymore on him and putting 
Kingston on top. And then because he's already batted, he cashes in on Kofi Kingston, who's already down. So Kofi becomes a two-time champion, but only holds the belt for like but three minutes. would that turn like Drew McIntyre kind of heel to do that to Kofi? Yep. Possibly, but I think at the same time, he needs a bit of a refresh, Drew McIntyre. I mean, we had a... We had one of our listeners commented this week, we did. So thank you very much to Akhil Reddy for your contribution. And we simply give you a shout out. That's at Akhil. Um, he's, well, he's Akhil Reddy, his user on Twitter, but his tag is at Akhil Taker. So thank you very much. His comments um, do factor Drew into this, but he actually said he didn't really enjoy the show. He said, not a great show. Good fights, but worst endings. Drew's momentum is going down. He is better as a heel. And they're just building Lashley to make him lose to Brock. So there's another worse mm-hmm. idea. So that's Akil Reddy, Akil Taker's take, no pun intended, on the event. But he makes a good point with Drew there. He feels like he is better as a heel. I don't know if I'd say he is better as a heel, but it's definitely time to turn him back heel because he needs a bit of refresh. Yeah, I think the fans, there's a chance when they get back in front of fans, they're just going to start booing him because I know I said it a couple of months ago, we're starting to get bored of Drew. You know, we want him to be you know, really, really good and be holding the belt, but he's just getting a bit stale. We want to see a bit, you know, I want to see new matches. Somebody new go for, for the belt. Well, you have got someone new, you've got Kofi. <laughs> he's just doing all like William Wallace quotes and then this week on Raw, he's doing Winston Churchill quotes. I'm like, hang on, like last year when you were like against Randy Orton, your promos were like really, really good and now... He's just like using quotes as. He'd like, be quoting John Cena. Be like, as my friend said, your time is up and my time is now. Let me put <laughs> you in the ring. <laughs> Speaking of John, no, he's still favourite for Money in the Bank. My good God! What John Cena's favourite for Money in the Bank? Yeah, he is he's on the betting sites. On betting gonna... sites, John Cena is favourite. But he's I've had like, um, his Mustang um, with Fast and Furious, and I'd step to the side of it. But like... I've had my radio, <laughs> my um, UK radio station, Absolute Radio, on today, and they've been promoing uh, Fast and the Furious Nine oh, yeah. about fifty-seven times today. They're like, he is a strange brother played by John Cena. He's a very skilled driver, and he's coming to get retribution. I've well, heard me, it about 57 times. Me, today. Jamie. It's coming to get that retribution. That tag team in WWE. See, it's all <laughs> there. All laid out for you. <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we, Jamie? John Cena being Vin Diesel's brother, the two characters in Fast Nine, because they apparently look exactly like each other. So you can see the resemblance, <laughs> you know. Great in it, like great, great casting. But um we we had a we had a Hell in a Cell match on Raw, remind me someone. Yeah, it was Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, basically, Lashley. it's to take Xavier Woods out so he can't interfere in the match with Kofi Kingston in a month's time because apparently the beating w- will hurt him for a month and write him off telly. Well, let's be honest. If we were looking at it in a real-world situation, if somebody got beat up inside a steel cage or a hell in a cell with multiple weapons, if it was me and you, we probably would be, a human being would probably want to rest up for a month. So, you know, in a real-life situation, that kind of makes sense. But in a kayfabe and a wrestling situation, it shouldn't do. And he probably will be back Mm. on Raw next week as normal anyway. Very much like The Miz was after getting eaten by a zombie. Yeah, well, well, he's in a little wheelchair now with his um, drip sticks. True. True, yes, I did enjoy that. Well, I heard rumours that because SmackDown had a Hell in a Cell um, on Fox, USA were like, well, we want one as well. So they were, WWE were like... They yeah, were pissed, they? apparently, weren't they? Yeah. So you can see that's exactly the reason why why they did it. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. So as far as our prediction goes... We, they have... 
here we go. <laughs> we have six matches on the card. We did five, and one of the five matches ended up being on SmackDown. But let's have a look. So we go through no particular order. We all went for Bobby Lashley. So that's all a point each for that there. Rhea and Charlotte, we all went for... Mm, now, this is interesting. Uh, 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 I said Charlotte. I said Charlotte too. No, you didn't. You said Rhea. Nah, it's a lie. I said the only title that would change hands would be Charlotte's. No, oh, it didn't change hands. You said Rhea. I've got Rhea down here. So I said Charlotte. No, it was lies. <laughs> I was like, the only, I can't see Bianca dropping the title, so the only title that would change hands would be Charlotte and Rhea. Fair enough, then. So I'll Charlotte would win. Point. We'll we'll give you a point on and that one. And she won. Um, and Joe went for Charlotte as well. Fair play to him. So that was a point there. Um, Bianca Belair, she also retained. So that's a point to Joe, Dan, Jamie, and oh yeah, I got that Jamie, didn't I? Um, Reigns, Roman Reigns. We're counting that, even though it was on SmackDown, because we uh, picked that. So that's a point to everyone. Um, oh, oh, here we go. You can stop your smiling now. No contest, Alexa Bliss, <laughs> Shayna Baszler, Jamie says. So, nothing for I you. I said Alexa Bliss to win. Nothing for you. That's nothing for you. <laughs> I said Alexa Bliss to win. You Thank said you. no contest. I said it'll be a no match. contest, but if I had to pick Alexa Bliss, no contest. If you're that having a point, a for, direct quote. If you're having a point for Charlotte, you ain't having a point for Alexa Bliss. <laughs> so there we go. So let's have a look at the scores now. So somebody amuse somebody else whilst I total up the scores. <laughs> I'm going to take robbed it. again. Um, I mean, two, I'm that far ahead. I mean, what did Tommy get? One point. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe got. I think Joe technically Joe predicted ahead. every single one, so he got a full house. So did I, but fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> he does what he wants. He does what he wants. When I produce the podcast, I get all the points. <laughs> <laughs> not when, not when you're participating in the quiz, though. That's true. That's true. No, I only got three points. What's going on there? Oh, three? That seems a bit high. <laughs> <laughs> so it puts us on Taron on nineteen, Dan on twenty, Joe on twenty-three, and Jamie on twenty-six on the pay-per-view prediction league. Coming to get you. Which is the next match? Uh, sorry, the next event. Money in the bank coming soon. <laughs> so yeah, well. Thanks very much for going through all that with us, guys. And again, thank you very much to Akil Ready or at Akil Take It for your comment on that. Did anybody watch the Broken Skull session this week? It comes to no surprise that I didn't. It was Mick Foley this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we watched it. Um, it was very, it was decent. Like, if you, if you had to say, right, I'm going to give you a pen and paper. You have to write down everything you think is going to be talked about on the Broken Skull sessions with Mick Foley. You can pretty much cover three quarters of stuff you already knew. Shall, but... shall we give it a quick go? You ready, right? Helena Self. Yes. Ear. Yeah. Barbed wire. No. Oh. Death Triple H chance. feud. Yes. Yeah. The feud of Triple H. Yeah. Uh, the free face of Foley Royal Rumble. Yeah. Well, no, not the Royal Rumble. He did the Stone Cold coming in as his tag partner. Yeah, we dude, love fair enough. Anything else I can think of with Edge? No. Um. Yeah. Edge Mania. Yeah, and he yeah. mentioned Lita there as well, yeah. 
Did he mention TNA or Osaka? <laughs> it was the quickest. Can we talk about TNA? And then you went somewhere else. You went, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so let's talk about your run in TNA. Um, so, yeah, I went there. I signed a three-year contract, but really wasn't enjoying it. So they let me off early. Oh, okay, moving on. That was literally the conversation about TNA. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first year of TNA. The second year was crap, so I, went, I left. There's literally mm-hmm. it. That was two seconds. How, he, how did he not enjoy his time in TNA? They gave him like, the Impact World title the minute he walked in. Then he was the Legends champion. Then he did some rubbish for Dixie Carter. But he, he was like the world champion the minute he walked in. And he could barely walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why, why did that make me laugh so much? So much? <laughs> Would you recommend the event then? Um, what, the event, the, the programme. <laughs> To be fair, yeah, I enjoyed the Godfather one a bit more, but it's Mick Foley. I mean, he's one of if our If you know anything about Mick Foley, then it's pretty much he covers you everything you would expect. He covers everything you expect him to say, and he doesn't really say anything you wouldn't yeah. expect him to say, and nothing really shocking. It's a there. nice, easy watch, but the other ones, like the Jericho ones and um, the Randy Orton ones, he's having shots with them and having drinks with them. And this one, it's it's really weirdly cut. Like it just goes like to black and then moves on to the next bit. He's not really doing any toasts. The only thing he does is there's a new replica WWE title, like Mankind WWE title that he presents yeah. to him, um, and he gives him that belt. And he, he and it's really, beard oil. He gives him some beard oil, and he just acts really awkward, like, "Oh, do I need to keep this belt on the desk?" He's like, "Put it where you want, mate. I don't care." So, You've just reminded me, I still haven't finished watching the Jericho one. I only got halfway through it. I rewatched well, it the other day. I've seen it twice now. I was going to say, like, would you say it's between Jericho and Randy Orton for the best one? Yeah, with the Undertaker yeah. one as the OG, but that's like how it set the bar, you know. But since the Undertaker one, I would agree with you, like the Randy one and the Jericho one. I'd say the Jericho one's probably my favorite, but that's because it broke. You know, the glass ceiling. The so forbidden much. door. That's it. And he's constantly, it's really funny to rewatch it because he's constantly trying to sneak like AEW names in and you just got Stone Cold just glossing yeah, over. Yeah, my, just my best, on. my favourite tag partner of all time, Sammy Guevara. <laughs> he's just like, don't know who that is. Let's move on. <laughs> right. Let's have a look at a bit of news then this week. A nice segue is normal. See, I like these segues. Speaking of the... Um, Broken School Sessions. CM Punk had a bit of a Q&A. I don't know if anybody saw it last night on Twitter. Somebody said to him, would you do the Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken School Sessions? And if so, what would it take for you to do it? And he basically came out and he said, yes, he'd do it, but only for the right money. He wants money, money, money to do it. (laughs) So what do we think on that? And would we like to see a CM Punk Broken School Session? I would like to see it if he was doing it off his own back. Like the Jericho one was organic. He was talking to him as a friend saying, oh, what would it take for me to go on there? Him saying, pay me, pay me, pay me. He's being paid to go on there and be an actor, basically, and just shoot. He's just trying to get bookings. He's constantly saying stuff on Twitter and Instagram to get himself trending and get people talking about him. Now, don't get me wrong. Really like the CM Punk run. Really like him as a wrestler. Good character. But it does seem that Phil Brooks is just trying to get his character over constantly. And do I want to? I'd like to see him in the sessions, but as himself, talking open and honest and just having a laugh. You know, he's obviously not going to be having the shots. Artist known as, the artist probably known as here, Pony. Yeah, but I don't want to see him on there as a paid show. You've paid me, you've got me for an hour and a half, and I'm just going to have my arms folded and lie to you the entire time. I don't want another Sasha Banks one. I'd want him to be organic as, as possible. And if they're paying him, we're just not going to get that. No, it's uh, 
you want it to be no pun intended raw, don't you? I mean, you want it. To, I'd like to think that if he was going to be on it, he'd just go on and speak the truth. But again, I think it's quite telling that it'd have to be for the right money. And I don't think like. Like I get the impression with Jericho, they probably didn't have to pay him that much because he was because he's got a good relationship still with Vince McMahon and with the company. He would have been quite happy doing it anyway. I'm sure he got paid for it, obviously, but you wouldn't have had to have thrown a load of money at him to do it. Whereas with CM Punk, they're not gonna. I just don't think Vince McMahon, Triple H, whoever would pay the money, be asking to do it. And even if they did, and he went on and did do it, people would jump to a conclusion then and think, oh, great, he's coming back properly full-time. And I think that would be very much like the back, WWE backstage program. He only did that because it wasn't technically WWE. It was affiliated with the company, but he was hired and contracted through Fox, I believe, wasn't he, to do that? Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it is a WWE program and it'd have to have the OK. And I think even if he did do it, that'd be it. That doesn't mean he's coming back to us to wrestle and you know the longer things go on he's getting on now i know he's not old by any stretch of the imagination but i just think the longer it goes on the ball we're not gonna see him wrestle again yeah and i'm fine with that the longer it goes on the thinking well he's gonna have to be down that pc warming up for quite a while i don't think he's just gonna be ring ready you took out you saw how long it took for him to lose in that mma fight which took a minute so if he's coming back to the ring yeah, okay, it's only going to be part-time, but he's going to need a good few months. I mean, Becky Lynch has been down at the PC for two, three months, and I know they're waiting for the right opportunity with her, but with Phil, it's going to be difficult to think, well, when is the best opportunity for him, if ever, to come back? I think he'll probably come back, do a year run, Hall of Fame, job done, and get his paycheck. That's, that's the way I see it, but I can't see it happening for a good four or five years from now. Nope. Let's see. I don't think he'll come back, and I don't think he will appear on the Broken School session either. But it'd be uh, be interesting. To see. He will get the Hall of Fame one day, and he will accept that, I believe. But we're talking a long time ago. Uh, unfortunately, after Vince McMahon's passing, that I'm talking a good ten, twenty years from now, he'll um, maybe ten years, maybe not as far as twenty. I think in ten years' time, he'll probably get offered it accept here's a, it here's a quick one you would get in there first cm punk or aj aj AJ. no oh, yeah, AJ, aj lee, lee. Oh, right. AJ Lee will be offered it before CM Punk. AJ Lee will accept it as well, I believe, and yeah. she will go in because, again, I don't, I, I don't think he'd want to stand in her way of accepting it. And if they're being genuine about it, if they're not just doing it to piss him off to say, "Oh, look, we offered it to your wife before you," if they were being genuine, saying, "No, this is about women's wrestling, and you're a big part of that," and she believed what they were saying and they presented it to her in that way, I honestly think she would accept it then, and he'd be quite happy to. Not that he has to give his blessing; she's a <laughs> she's an independent person. It's entirely up to her. But you know, when it comes to husbands and wives, you want everyone to be on the same page, and I think he'd be happy for her to 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 do it for sure. I'm following that. Who's gonna? Who would be in there first, AJ Lee or Paige? Oh, Paige. Uh, Paige, you would think. But weirdly enough, somebody said that online the other day. They said, "Can you believe that Paige is still under contract?" And they're not they're like, "Why would you not be doing anything with her? She disappeared after she had that weird GM type author authority type role. Then did she manage somebody for maybe about a week or two and then disappear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's probably not been seen for the best part of a year or so, but she's still getting paid. You know, yeah. you've got a user. I think she's more of like an ambassador, like a Titus O'Neil sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know if that's good to keep her in that role or not. It depends if anything dodgy pops up on social media again. But um, yeah, I, I'd like to see her back as an on-screen character. I mean, would you? Um, yeah, I guess so. In, in the right sort of thing. I mean, the Kabuki Warriors thing that she did was a bit stale. But yeah, with the right sort of people doing it the right sort of way. Yeah, quite happily oh, to I see her come I, back. I would put her over to NXT UK because obviously she's got the British connection and obviously her brother's like Roy Knight and uh, like the the hooligans. Like, why don't you have the hooligans come back to NXT UK if she'd be the manager or something? Just... Is she is she in the UK at the minute or is no, she Los Angeles? Yeah, she lives in America now. She's proper got the American lifestyle, I think. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she'll probably stay. I get what you're saying, Joe, but I think she'll probably stay over here. Uh, got, over, over in the over in America, sorry. They've got a good setup on NXT UK. They got Sid Scala, who's the assistant to the general manager, and they got Johnny Saint. But you very rarely see Johnny uh, Saint these days. It's mainly Sid doing things. But NXT UK is very well and very polished at the moment, and we've seen that with Piper Niven come over. I think a lot more people Ooh. are going to be. Oh, do drop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, NXT UK is a really good watch. Um, each and every week, you know, I try and live tweet while I can. Um, and watch watch it regularly. It's a decent show, um, but the way they've got it set up works well, especially in that BT studio. What what, what do we think about that name, Dewdrop? It's not people's intelligence to be perfect. Well, it's dreadful. But the segment backstage, they were like uh, Kevin Patrick was there, and she went, "Hey, oh, hey, Ryan." It's like he just looked at her like, "I'm not Ryan, I'm Kevin Patrick." Um, and he's interviewing and go, "Oh, well, are you going to tell us who your friend is?" And she's there miming Piper. At her. So basically, saying "call me by my proper ring name," um, which made m- more no sense with um, the commentary last week of him not knowing who Piper Niven is. And she goes, "Oh yeah, this is my protege, Dewdrop." And then she comes to the ring, and then the match is dreadful. Though, what was all that about? Where it almost looked like she's—I mean, I didn't see it, so maybe you didn't. Turned on them all that, she? That's she what I mean. Yeah. Like, even yeah. Marie tried to tag, and she just dropped from the side. and was like, "No, I'm not doing yeah, this." But she, did she drop, or did she? Do no, what happened in the match is we had do drop uh, during the majority of the um, the match. Then even yeah. retagged herself in when she thought that they were about to win, so she could get the win and get the accolade. But then even Marie was getting beaten down a bit, so she went to tag the do drop, and do drop just dropped down and looked at her like, "Nah, don't take the piss, mate." Um, and then they lost. <laughs> so what are they going to do next week then? They're probably going to like. Patch it back up, or she's going to have a superhero as a sidekick or something. I don't know. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing that there is a new superhero on the scene. So, Nikki Cross, still going <laughs> by the name Nikki Cross, now in a superhero, reminds me of a Blue Blazer Owen Hart type gimmick. The shit. It, it's been alleged by her husband online that it was her idea. Some people are being skeptical about that, saying, oh, he's just saying that to kind of cover up the fact that she's in a bad situation being given this gimmick and she's just trying to do the best with it, which a lot of time talent have to do that. And you've just got to take the ball, whether you agree with it or not, and do the best that you can. Yeah. I, If he's saying that, I've got no reason to disbelieve him that it was her idea. Mm-hmm. Why not? But what do we think of it? I mean, we've got to be careful because it's only the first week and we don't know where it's going to go. I mean, I've got a good idea. It's going to be the best thing on Raw. I mean, (laughs) you've got to go with WWE. It's it's not even PG-13. It's still PG. You've got to cater to the younger audience. I mean, look at Hurricane. You know, he got (laughs) given a crap gimmick and he made it work and uh, Molly, uh, Mighty Molly. So it's the next reincarnation of that, her superpower is self-belief. I mean, 
I, yeah. I mean, it's not for me. It's not. It's not for our demographic or for our age. But I'm just trying to think. Maybe. But it's it's not meant to be. If you look at it, following on from the age demographic thing, I think that's spot on. You know, you've got. Um, you look at it all, and you think, well, who are their role models? You've got Sasha Banks as the boss, and they're selling the the boss plastic rings to put on your finger. You've got a superhero there. As you know, think action figure. Like loads of people who want to buy that action figure. Like they've got a superhero. People who want to dress it up as it for Halloween, cosplay, all that sort of rubbish. Um, so it can only work. You know, you've got actual characters where you know I could pick two random wrestlers and I'll, I'll say to you, okay, tell me what's unique about them, what's their gimmick, and you'll struggle. But if I say Nikki Cross, what's her gimmick? You'll be like, she powers herself on positivity. Um, she can overcome anything. She's got self belief, and that's why you know she's beaten. Um, an NXT champion and two former women's champions over the past month or so, and this is through a power of positivity. So, question: She's a face, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't she team with Alexa Bliss this week? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, the Alexa Bliss birthday. They, they do, do, you know has, them. do you know what she has, JD? She has the power of forgiveness. Uh... That's his... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I we already know like it. Alexa brainwashed her to be a tag partner or something. It's the power of forgiveness, Jamie. I told you. We already know that she, she's going to be the daughter of the hurricane and Mighty Molly. She, has the power she, of she is the shit. <laughs> she is the superhero in training. She is. She has but, the power of soft belief. She has the power of forgiveness. And then her other superpower is the power of hugs, probably, or something like that. <laughs> but you look at it, and you, I think the last um, time we had a women's wrestler who had this sort of gimmick, obviously not a superhero, but it was was Bailey, And Bailey had the hugger gimmick. She was coming out with the wacky inflatable arm flailing tube men. Um, she had the really, like, um, you know, really good music. Like, I was in a bowling alley, and I was hearing Bailey C music play in the bowling alley. I'm thinking people in here probably don't know that that's a wrestler's theme music, but it's really bubbly and entertaining. And the one thing that I I hated about Nikki Cross was her theme music. It sounded like the Segway music that they play when the wrestlers are walking to the ring. I got yeah. a dream it. And yeah. now all of a sudden she's like superhero away. I've got a gimmick. She's actually got a purpose now. Whereas before it was, well, what is she really doing? She just looks like she's had too much sherbet. Well, let, let, let's see how let's see how it pans out for her. Um, we also need to see how it pans out for two NXT superstars, both Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross, because they're both champions on NXT. But I think they might be testing the waters with the rumored um, main roster debuts because they both got matches on main event this week. Someone's going to have to remind me who each of them faced, but I assume they both won. Yeah, Karrion Cross faced Charlotte Benjamin, and Bronson Reed faced Drew Gulak. True, Gulak. A win for each of them. Uh, I know that Karrion so. Cross won because he's not ever going to lose. You but... would assume Bronson Reed beat True Gulak. Yeah. What would be the benefit of the other way round? Um, with Bronson Reed, he's not going out of NXT anytime soon. Um, the the fact they gave him the belt's really good, um, and he's good representation of that belt, um, and he can have some good feuds with it too. Um, I can't see him dropping it until about the Survivor Series sort of time. But Karrion Cross, they're going to need to take the belt off him soon and call him up because he's getting really... You know, like the Keith Lee praise that Keith Lee was getting yeah. um, just after the Rumble? He's getting that sort of praise. But the problem we've got is um, apparently he might not be called up with Scarlett, his manager. Um, she's having a tryout this week on Friday Night SmackDown. She's having a match on the dark. Um, but the thing is, I don't see why they can't do both. Have her down in NXT still training, but have her as a valet as well because Karrion Cross's gimmick works really well with Scarlett. And yeah. to be fair... SmackDown has what like four women on its roster, so 
after all the releases, so they might as well call her up as well. Um, but it works out really well, and it makes me actually. We were saying last week when was the last time we watched main event? When I see that pop up on WWE Network, I'll probably pop it on because that sounds pretty yeah. decent. Hey, no, it's certainly a way to get people to watch it. I mean, not that it needs viewers specifically because it's hardly a ratings boost. I think it is network exclusive, isn't it, these days, main event, from what Pretty I understand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it would be certainly worth watching. I'd be interested in, in both matches, really, so I might catch both of them. Um, well, we shall see. Um, so you've got a couple of NXT wrestlers there. One of them certainly looking to make his debut soon We ha- on the main roster. But we had the debut of the Diamond Mine in NXT last night. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, it wasn't Tessa Lanchard, as a few people were thinking, and the rumours on the internet. It was stable. Um, and, Joe, who have we got in Diamond Mine? we got Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, and... Uh, Japanese wrestler Suzuki Suzuki yeah so, so you're gonna have to help me out with this because obviously I know Roderick Strong he said I think he did his I'm leaving NXT thing about three months ago and suddenly he's back mm. of, co- of course of course <laughs> but with the other two chaps have they appeared in NXT previously yeah Tyler Rust was being on two or five live and he basically has had like a bit of a winning streak he beat I want to see beat Tommaso Ciampa um, he had a really good match. Yeah, I don't think he beat Tommaso, but he had a really solid match. with got a lot of people talking. Yeah, and okay. um, um, Tyler Rust's being managed by um, a guy called uh, Malcolm Bivins. He's a guy from Evolve Wrestling. He's massive on Evolve. But Malcolm Bivins has basically done this gimmick on XE where he's like trying to find his next like protege, his next client. So he's he had, um, he approached like all of these people, and Tyler Rust is one of these people. He he approached, and then you hadn't seen him for a while. And Suzuki, I, I forgive me, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on what he's done in in the past. I'm assuming he's like an ex New Japan guy, but yeah, I'm assuming Roderick Strong is the leader, and then Malcolm Bivins is like the manager. So they debuted this week. This is the, you know, certainly for Roger Strong, it's his new Undisputed Era. But I suppose it's good because I'm assuming he's the leader. He's going to be portrayed as the leader of the faction. So um, something decent for himself to do in in regards of that. Does this now pave the way for maybe Adam Cole to go on the main roster eventually and you can have Diamond Mind as the new main faction? Well, they've got too many factions at the moment. They need to turn one of them face because they've got the, the issue that AEW had. You've got the way you've got the Diamond Mine. Um, you've got all of these new factions. Um, what's it called? Um, Hit Row as well. Hit Row are there. Um, there's um, the end of there's um, Tien Shah. There's um, also the Robert Stone brand. Uh, there's um, Lagara del Fantasma. All of these factions and all of them are heel. So there's rumours that they're going to be turning the way face um, and have maybe um, Dexter Loomis team up with them. Um, but I can see Adam Cole going across to Aurora SmackDown. They were they were sort of highlighting it this week like he had a really good match can't remember who he's facing but a new up and comer but he's basically saying well if you don't appreciate me i'll go somewhere else so i think it is paving the way you never know on smackdown we might see him in a qualifier yes yeah very true i don't think he'll be successful enough but um we'll see are we expecting big things for diamond mine then I think that'd be great. Uh, Joe, no, Joe touched uh, on it quite a bit, but the bit that I really like, the X Factor, is the Malcolm Bivins part of it. Um, he's got that X Factor about him. He's very good on the microphone. Um, he was managing in the share before um, 
they got injured or something happened with them. I know one of them's already been called up, but we've one got of them hit... tweeted about the finish of the Keith Lee match. Yeah, they? but you've got Malcolm Bivins. He's very good on uh, the microphone, very good on promos. You've got Roderick Strong, who's the leader of the group, and he's you know the Messiah, the backbreaker. He's been in NXT for five, six years. You know he knows how NXT works. So if you gave him a main event push and a match for the world title in NXT, it's believable with him where it wouldn't be with the rest of them. Um, you can see a Tyler Russ going for like a North American. And with Suzuki, I don't really know much about him. He's one of the new signees, but um, he, he looks pretty decent. He, he fits really well in that stable. So I think that they may be one of the key um, factions in NXT, like a new Undisputed Era almost. Yeah, fair enough. You Just going off on a slight tangent, you mentioned Keith Lee there, and obviously we mentioned him uh, two or three weeks back on the podcast. And, of course, there's still been no appearance and no further mention of him. But it reminded me, we haven't seen Damien Priest for a while either. No, he's no. been gone for a while. Well, apparently he was having a few back problems. Um, but um, there's rumours that he might be just coming back next week. Um, so I think Dean Meltzer said, oh, he's having issues with his back. But I just think it was he's come off a major storyline. They're just letting him refresh. Um, but I was very surprised that he wasn't in the Money in the Bank picture. I thought that he would have been very good for one of those matches. Yeah, perhaps if there is an injury, he needs to heal up a little bit more. Um, he could probably, I know he's only been on the roster for 10 minutes and only around WrestleMania, but when it comes up to the next draft, he could probably benefit from having a move in a, in a draft, as could a few of them having a, having a shuffle. No, definitely. There's, um, there's some news, actually, specifically. I think it only came out today in regards to the draft. And in the talk of Big E, apparently they're already going to be moving Big E back from SmackDown over to Raw. Um, apparently, they still want to go ID. This comes from WrestleVotes, at WrestleVotes, the user on Twitter, who's pretty um, spot on with, with most things. He's got his insider. Um, and he's saying that the new idea is for Big E to move back to Raw in the draft. The idea is apparently that Big E will still be pushed as a singles wrestler on Raw. The New Day would have essentially be back together on the Raw brands, but without necessarily being a team. So Kofi and Xavier will continue to be the tag team. Big E will be, continue to be the singles wrestler. They won't wrestle together, um, but they may have interactions backstage, of course, because they're on the same show together. Um, what, what, so what do we think about that? I mean, me, to me, it makes sense to maybe have Big E on Raw because he's had his you know intercontinental title reign he's not really done, doing much now but I perhaps quite like to see Kofi and Xavier go the other way onto Smackdown and just do a straight swap yeah that would make sense um thing is where Big E is at the moment he's a bit stuck in the mud um you know going around in circles with this intercontinental title thing and he's not going to be winning it winning it back and I can't see him picking up a world title unless he wins like a Royal Rumble and goes to Mania and they do a big build for it. So moving him to Raw and then if they can still see momentum building with him, potentially give him that Rumble win unless it's going to The Rock. Um, but yeah, it makes sense to move him to Raw. They've got a lot more time. They've got a lot more uh, wrestlers who are there. But I think there's always method to that madness. They're doing it for a reason. And having the New Day as a, a block together makes more sense because they can do a lot more press conferences, photo shoots, um, sell a lot more merchandise as the new day instead of you know Kingston and Woods and Big E separate. They they sell a lot more merchandise together. So from a money point of view and, and you know figurines and t shirts makes more sense financially for them to be together. Yeah. You you could always put them back together in a stable on two K twenty two will it be when it comes out at the end of the year, the new one. I'm really looking forward to that game. I, I didn't buy the last one because I heard the ratings of it. 
But I'm really looking for two K twenty two. I think it'd be uh, decent. I always like just playing the Rumble, and then you had that one a couple of years ago where they had the Daniel Bryan storyline, and you could play yeah. the Rumble, and you'd have to face fifteen Daniel Bryans in a row. Wow. I think uh, I don't know well, what my comment on that is. <laughs> um, just talk about Big E as well. Fun fact as well, he is second favorite to win Money in the Bank behind John Cena. It ain't happening. It ain't <laughs> happening. My, um, in fact, no, I won't go into my prediction for Money in the Bank because that'll spoil our um, our Speaking of Money in the Bank. If you ever go on like Wikipedia, do you know who created Money in the Bank? Chris, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Yeah, I thought that was public knowledge. It was the build-up to WrestleMania 21. It was his way of getting a title shot, wasn't it? Because he couldn't get one, and then obviously he didn't win. And they... It's a good job this isn't a question on the quiz, otherwise well, it wasn't, Jamie would be right now. right. It wasn't the way of him getting a title shot. He basically said there's all these wrestlers backstage, like the Edges, the Chris Jericho's, um, they're not being used. The shot on Benjamins. Why don't you just put us in a ladder match and it could be for a future title shot? And then I think somebody like um, Pat Patterson heard, heard it and said, well, we'll put it in a briefcase. Um, yeah. That's how it's created. Oh, no, I, I know that was the real reason. I just meant in the storyline version when he introduced it. I think it was his way of getting the title shot, wasn't it? Um, but I know it was still his idea backstage as well. And it was, you know, you've had what Pat Patterson's Royal Rumble idea, John, uh, John Cena, Chris Jericho, Money in the Bank idea. Um, you know, so some of the great ideas actually comes from the wrestlers themselves. Who came up with the championship scramble match? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was a brilliant match. Oh, I ain't getting back into that again. Um, we were just mentioning the 2K22 game. Did anybody see the very, very pre-alpha footage of the AEW video I game? Well, they had the, the Green Man. The, the, green man the Green Man. The Darby Allen, and uh, it was about eight seconds long, wasn't it? And obviously the crowd, but just not moving, very, very generic. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent start from what I can see. There's still no scheduled release window for it, and it looks like they are still quite a long way off releasing it. But interestingly enough, I don't know if you guys saw this or any of our listeners did, but there was an article this week, basically, in regards to the amount of money that they're spending on that game, and Tony Khan has commented to confirm that it is true. Financially, AEW are already in the red, um, when you look at it from a stock perspective, because they spent so much money investing into this video game, they're hoping they'll recoup their losses back on it. And it then makes me think, well, are we then maybe too quickly into going for a video game? I mean, it's too late now. I mean, they could cancel production, but, you know, the company's only a couple of years in. It was a few years before TNA had their one and only video game. And thinking about it more, is this video game going to sell It'll sell, but will it make the numbers of what... I mean, it's not going to make the numbers of what the 2K WWE series make. So is it worth it then? Are we too quick into the incarnation of AEW? I'll buy the game probably, don't get me wrong, but we will. People like us will. But your casual gamer or even kids, parents, if you know your kid likes wrestling because they like John Cena or Roman Reigns or Rey Mysterio, you parents might walk into a video game store and see the WWE logo and automatically go, there's that wrestling that my child likes. There's a wrestling video game. It's on sale and the Christmas sales, whatever, I'll buy it. But they're not going to purposely go in and find the AEW game or, you know, they might even not pick up the AEW game. If it's next to the WWE game and they're just buying a wrestling game for their children, you'd have thought they'd just pick up the WWE game. 
well, it's very similar to the the toys and stuff. I've seen it where you've had the WWE Championship belts, the figures and all that. And then you've got the AEW ones that are starting to come out in the UK now. And there's loads, you see loads of AEW stuff, but the WWE stuff's always sold out. You know, if I said to, um, oh, um, so-and-so likes wrestling. Okay, cool. They don't know anything about wrestling. They go into a shop. They see John Cena's face. They see Roman Reigns' face. They go, yeah, that's wrestling. They pick, they'll pick that straight away. They won't look at both and go, oh, I wonder which one they'd prefer more. So when it comes to 2K22 and it's got um, someone like a John Cena on the front or a Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley, you go, yeah, that's wrestling. I know that. But they look at the front cover of um, AEW produced by Yikes. And, and then it's they got see Cody Rhodes on the front. Cody Rhodes and Darby <laughs> Allen. They'll go, what's this? To be fair, I think it would be nice to see a game. But they had the same thing with TNA. They released the game for TNA. It was dreadful. Um, oh, no, me and Jamie quite enjoyed playing that online. I mean, there wasn't much to it. We did. I remember us playing it. Shark Boy and Kurt Angle. <laughs> oh, and you had to unlock like certain people, I think, the commentary team. Like Mike Tenet. Yeah, and you, yeah you, you played as Suicide, and they actually created him. Well, they made that character on TV because of the character of the game, didn't Which they? Was I mean, I suppose that tells TJ, you everything you need to know. TJ Perkins, wasn't it, who uh, was the original Suicide? He was one of the incarnations. There's been about five of as well, now, yeah. Um, but um, the, the best collaboration in video games that I've liked is the Mortal Kombat series, where they had New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you could actually have... The um, some of the I think they had some of the Bullet Club in there. You could unlock Shinsuke Nakamura. They did Tekken as well. Yeah, they, they they morphed them together, and you could actually have them. Yeah, Tekken had um because you could have the T-shirts and stuff and put them on there. So that collaboration worked well. But you look at AEW, and they're all video game guys. Kenny Omega loves his video games. You know they're really they're big, right. and yeah, they're all they're all really big on those video games. So I think that's what they want to do. But they've all got big followings. But yeah, when it comes to when you've got two K twenty two and you've got an AEW game and you say to your parents oh go get me one of the you know go get me a wrestling game they're going to pick up 2k22 because one it's going to be cheaper they usually go down to like 20 quid or 20 dollars after two weeks of them being released and two it's more recognizable it's wwe yeah. so that's when it's always going to sell more no nope. exactly right shall we quiz it yeah yes we can time. who's done the quiz this week then <laughs> the man that's bottom of the table and will remain bottom of the table. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have 10 questions for you this week, as normal. What to do? It is a standard WWE general knowledge quiz. However, however, I've made the questions a bit more difficult this Yay. week just to see how people can get on. Yay! Right, um, Dan's one. <laughs> I say it's a standard WWE because there is one A-dub. slash two. No, there's two WCW oh, questions in it. Looking out, right, Goldberg. <laughs> so there's a couple of questions that might be a bit easier. <laughs> um, one of them you'll know what it is because I'll let you know when you get to it. Question nine. I want the specific answer as well. You'll know what oh. I mean when it comes to that. But anyhow, all right, Anne no, Robinson. No Googling, no phones, and watching you. Question one. What was Mick Foley's final match in the WWE? Hmm. I will also require the year for it, so that will probably give you a clue. Cool. Question two. Which WWE Hall of Famer held the WCW title for less time than David Arquette? 
that. No, I can hear the typing. It's James. Yeah, I'm on typing. the computer. He's typing the Google answers. Right. We good? Question three. You good, Dan? Yeah? Yeah. Good. Question three. Which theme song contains the following lyrics? I'm the baddest chick around. Try and step to this. <laughs> it's it's one of Joe's favourites. It's got to be. <laughs> Question four. Which former female NXT superstar and current AEW superstar had a theme tune in NXT, which was a rip-off of the Price is Right theme tune. <laughs> Come on down. I required the name when they were in NXT. Would Ooh. you like me to repeat that question, or do you yes, understand please. it? So which former female NXT superstar, who now wrestles in AEW, had their theme tune as a rip-off of the Price is Right theme? I can't think of one person. And I require their NXT name. Or what or what they were known as NXT, because I think they may have also had it elsewhere, but not in AEW. Question five. Who was the last WCW hardcore champion? Hmm. Sorry, what was that? Sorry. Who was the last... WCW Hardcore Champion. Okay. Question six. Who was the second draft pick on Raw or for Raw in the 2005 draft? <laughs> the second pick on Raw in the 2005 draft. If in doubt. If in doubt. Google, as Jamie would say. Exactly. <laughs> Question seven. Which NXT superstar was the shortest reigning Ring of Honor World Champion in history? You say that one again for me. Which NXT superstar was the shortest reigning Ring of Honor World Champion in history? The current NXT, no. They're in there right now. I believe they are. Okay. Oh, it's a bit difficult, this quiz, he says. No, no, it could be so many oh, different, so many people have run, won the Ring of Honor World Championship. I'm thinking, oh, well, who could that be? Yeah, I'll go with what I thought it was. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Right, okay then. Question eight. What was the main event of Armageddon 1999? <laughs> Do you want all the people in it? <laughs> well, it was a singles match, Armageddon 1999, so I'll give you that clue. Okay. For Jamie's Googling. <laughs> no, I can see the Google logo reflecting on his eyes. Where? <laughs> <laughs> on your eyes. Where? Right. Because I can't even see you because I don't even have that open because I've got Word. Because you've got Google open. Right. Question nine. The specific answer for this one. What colour jacket was Mark Henry wearing during his famous retirement speech angle? Oh, I actually know this one. So it'll give you a clue that to know that it's not the generic colour. What was the colour? Because he makes reference to it. 
Yeah, because his son wears the same jacket in his yeah. Hall of Fame induction. In question 10, what was the opening match of the 2002 SummerSlam pay-per-view? Lovely. Right, let's go for it then. Question one. Let's go around. We'll, st- we'll go Dan, Jamie and Joe in that order. What was Mick Foley's final match in the WWE? Um, I went with Edge at WrestleMania um, year 2006. Jamie? I just put against Ric Flair in 2012. <laughs> okay, and Joe? <laughs> I put the Edge match at WrestleMania as well. His last match, technically, he had an appearance and wrestled in the 2012 Royal Rumble. Do I get a point for 2012? No! <laughs> <laughs> it was a match. Oh, how can I forget that? That was supposed to be like the one of the, not the worst Royal Rumbles, but the yeah. worst lineup for a Royal Rumble, because that was the one Seamus won. And you look back at the competitors who were in there, and they were all dreadful. It there was only, great. Yeah. There was only like two former world champions who were in there. I think it was Mick Foley and then Seamus, who eventually went on to win again. Question two, then. Starting with Dan, which WWE Hall of Famer held the WCW title for less time than David Arquette did? Um, I guess Ron Simmons, because I thought he dropped it when he went to WWE. Jamie? I put DDP. And Joe? Ted DiBiase. You see, I told you it was a hard quiz. You're all forgetting their WCW title was also in the WWE, and the answer is Kurt Angle. Oh, (laughs) wow. You wow. dick. That's an issue here, Joe, then you <laughs> dick. <laughs> Which theme song contains the following lyrics? I'm the baddest chick around. Try and step to this. <laughs> I Dan, went with Nia Jax. Jamie, I said Naomi. And Joe? Victoria. It's Carmella. <laughs> Here we go, see? I'd have got all these right by now. I'd have won this question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom, please. Dan, which former female NXT superstars theme was a rip-off of the Price is Right theme? She now wrestles in AEW. There was only one I could think of, and that's Tyanara Conti. Jamie. Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> and Joe. I put T Conti as well. The answer is blue pants. Oh, wow. Blue oh, Lever Bates. Oh, <laughs> Lever Bates. Question five. I'll be amazed if anyone gets this. Who was the last WCW hardcore champion, Dan? Canyon. The way he's going now would be something weird, but I, I, I just randomly went for just incredible. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe. But again, it was a WWE and someone else won it. <laughs> I put uh, Michael McCall. Steve, Mongo, but Michael. No, if only the answer was Ming. So oh, you're man. all wrong. <laughs> Ming. <laughs> Dan, who was the second draft pick on Raw in the 2005 draft? Chris Benoit. Jamie. Batista. And Joe. Randy Orton. It was Kurt Angle. <laughs> to bet, like nobody's going to get a single point, and I win because I had twenty twelve. No, the per- <laughs> if, if nobody gets a single point, the one sole point goes to the quiz master for a quality I know, I know I've got. The I've got one. one. Yeah, I think you all are <laughs> right. So, did anyone get this though? Which NXT superstar was the shortest reigning Ring of Honor World Champion in history? I went with yeah. Roddy, Roddy Strong. Jamie? 
I'd put fish. And Dan, uh, Joe, Joe Weaving, Christ, I keep doing that joke. <laughs> Adam Cole. <laughs> You're all wrong. It was Kyle O'Reilly. You all went for <laughs> everyone. But... No, it, you, you all went for his partner. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Question eight, Dan. I was going to put Fish O'Reilly because I forgot his name. <laughs> Fish O'Reilly. Um, I went with uh, Rock versus Taker. You went with Rock versus Taker for the main event of Armageddon 1999. Jamie? I just put the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. And Joe? Jericho versus Triple H. <sighs> it was Triple H, but he faced Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> oh, do I get half a point? Or do I get the Unfortunately not. Oh, right, okay. who got this? Dan. Got this. I believe in you, Dan. <laughs> what colour jacket was Mark Henry wearing in his infamous retirement speech angle? Salmon. Jamie? I put Violet. And Joe? Salmon pink. It was salmon. Salmon pink, you can get that, yes. Right, Dan, what was the opening match of the 2002 SummerSlam pay-per-view? Uh, Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Jamie? Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Joe? Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Correct. It was Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. So that puts Dan on two, Joe on two, and Jamie and me on, on one and a half. On no, just the one. Uh, so we need a tiebreaker question. So I'm I'm very quickly looking for a tiebreaker question, and it will of course be between um Jamie, Dan, and yes, Joe. good. No, to help with Fish O'Reilly. Fish O'Reilly. Yeah, that's another half point because I had Fish O'Reilly. Dan and Joe, the first person to shout out with the answer to this. There have been three black WWE champions: Bobby Lashley. And Kofi Kingston. The Rock. Who is the other? <laughs> the Rock. There we go. <laughs> Straight in there. That gets her out. Unfortunately, Joe, you don't have much chance. I, I didn't even have a chance to. <laughs> the Rock is the answer. Tarry finished this question with Dan the Rock. And I'm like, I guess I lost it. Dan gets the point. So that puts Dan on nine, Joe, uh, sorry, Jamie on five, Joe on four, and Taron on two and, and it's all to play for next week for me i am the host next week you are the host next week i expect a quality quiz where there's the winner gets 10 points because i'll be back on form next week 10 points to your raven claw indeed whilst you're at it then um dan where can people find us on the socials they can find us on twitter instagram facebook uh Grapplecast show uh feel free to comment like subscribe we're all on all of the major places you can get your podcasts give us a share tell your friends you know tell everybody literally person down the street woman at the bus stop listen to grapple cast show everywhere Dude, you want let them tell them to pick up our podcast on the shelf next to the aew stuff because it's more recognizable <laughs> but yes until next time thank you very much guys another good show hope everybody all enjoyed it and we will see you next week Take care, everybody. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, such a market thong wearing fatty. Number four. Arm bar. I am so.
sir!